Welcome to Dial It In, a podcast where we talk with interesting people about the process improvements and tricks they use to grow their businesses. I'm Dave Meyer, president of BusyWeb, and every week, Trig Olson and I are bringing you interviews on how the best in their fields are dialing it in for their organizations. Because you have to, you have to like run out onto the field, and and you have what about fifteen minutes to perform it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's part of the process, right? Yeah. Have we started yet, or you want you want me to do? Because this is this kind of ties yeah, in. I hit I hit records because I want to I want okay. I want to know about this. Okay, cool. So process starts with me creating a logistics map to teach them how to hire us, right? Okay. And while I'm doing that, I'm telling them through our experiences, the best way to have an effective halftime show is to make sure as soon as that referee blows the whistle, we're on the field. Because what happens is everybody leaves the stands to go to the bathroom or get their food or whatnot, right? Right. So we do five minutes and it went, it went like clockwork. As soon as it was over, we were in the middle of the field, the cheerleaders on the sides of us, and we start. And we're in a packed house of 55,000 people, right? And we perform, there it is. And then we're done and then we leave and then everybody else goes to the thing. But this was one of the best ones we've done because, you know, we maximize that audience. Because there's nothing worse than them trying to set up lights and all kind of crap to, you know, try to put on a good performance. But what happens is, Everybody leaves and you're performing to an empty stadium. So it was it was packed. They were energized. They had fun. Philadelphia won. And now I could tell a great story. I could do press releases. I could do uh, tag team flashbacks. I could talk about this a year later because it went off with a hitch. Right. So that's how I do those things. Very cool. When I uh, uh, was growing up, I used to go to Vikings games and the halftime show was uh, was a, a, a border collie that would catch Frisbees. <laughs> they have those too, right? Yeah, but, well, I, I mean, I'd much rather watch watch, watch you more than the, the dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, my plan is to, we've done several NFL teams, but the rest of them I'm sending like a logistics pamphlet and to several people in the organization, and they'll just have it laying around. And somebody will see and be like, you know what, I think I want to do this. And it'll be instructions on how we can give them a halftime performance that will be very memorable. That's awesome. What since you're a, a student of the game, I want to know what what's your uh, favorite halftime halftime show ever? Because to me, there's there's clearly one answer, and no disrespect to you, but there's clearly one right answer. Halftime? What the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves? <laughs> oh man! All right, so all right, so for those who are listening, because this is going to go on later, because I knew he was going to give me crap about this. DC is based in Atlanta, and the Timberwolves, which is my team, played the Hawks last night, and the Timberwolves are up by 22 at halftime, and they lost by 21. So it was a 40 point swing by the Hawks in the in the second half. It was a disastrous game. It was terrible. No, to me, the 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 correct answer because I'm a Minnesota guy, at at heart was Prince at the Super Bowl in the pouring rain doing Purple Rain. Oh, you talking about Super Bowl halftime? Oh, just any halftime show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, for me it was uh, Dre and Snoop, L.A. Oh, sure. Yeah that 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 was that was that that was epic. I, I'll, I'll give you. Yeah, that. just when when you know. Still, Dre came on and piano came on. That was just like, oh my god! It was just yep. that has solidified that song forever. Well, I if they think... just did that song. That's enough, right? So that's what you want as an artist. You want those epic, relevant plays. That's yeah. what I call it. 
a relevant play. The Geico commercial was a relevant play, right? And I have come up with the ability to create these relevance plays when tag team needs them. So that's why I don't just do a press release or what have you when we do an event. I save those so when we need a little bit of relevance, I can do a series of press releases mirrored by blog posts, mirrored by social media. And when you do a press release, I use great press release companies. And what will happen is those press releases will come out and they'll be picked up by the New York Times, Associated Press, all the big boys. Then I could take the shared links, social media them, and then people will be like, damn, tag teams in the New York Times. I wonder what's going on. And they read it. And now... That relevance is there because it's tied to the New York Times as opposed to me just doing a press release. You see what I'm saying? So Absolutely. there's specific strategies I have to create that when I need to create it. And I think you have an appreciation that when you're talking about a marketing tactic, doing one thing doesn't really work as well as if you do a couple of things in concert. Combination. Yeah. Like you're talking about, you, you do the press release, but yeah, and it gets published, but then you're reposting it. And then that gets those three things together end up getting you business, not just one thing. Yeah. And it's not just that. You got the SEO side of it where you're creating links and those links get to get powered. And when those links get powered, they stick. So if somebody types in something about tag team, they'll see a plethora of very high authority stories, pictures, all kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And that's that's how it happened. I just did a movie. I did a movie in, during a pandemic and it just dropped this week. The re-education of Molly Singer because I'm an actor as well. Okay. So now I get to take that and I get to go and I get to blow that up, right? Yeah. But it's just a, it's more of a headline, but it's going to tell a story. And I'm good at storytelling. So that's what I do. I tell the story. And I can create that narrative how I want because it's in storytelling fashion. And people will, if it reads well, you know, if it writes well, it reads well. If it reads well, it writes well. And people will gravitate to it. But you just want the association with the biggest newspapers in the world. And then you pick the one that you think people will respond to. And it, it might be the Boston Globe. It might be the Wall Street Journal. It might be the Smithsonian Magazine, right? But those entities, people respect. And that's every time I do a press release, we get a bunch of calls. So I, I have this engine that I've created that I really haven't turned it on 100%. I might have turned it on 20% because do I really want to work that much, right? Because I just finished, you know, my last week started on Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles have time, fly to uh, Orlando, did a corporate gig on Wednesday night. Then we fly to D.C., did another corporate gig uh, for a teacher's mathematics association on Thursday. Then I had to fly to Boston to do... Um, a presentation at what's called SEO Rockstars, one of the biggest digital marketing conferences there is. And I'm just now getting back home, right? So do I want to work that hard? Yeah, I do, but I want to do a variety of things when I work that hard. I don't want to just do tag team stuff. I, I think what's so fascinating about your career isn't just the one song. It's what you've taken that one thing and turned it into. Yeah. Uh, a whole lot of things, but I want to start. I told my nine, nine-year-old that I was going to be talking to you and he was just all a flutter and he's been all of a flutter for days. So I told him he can think of one question and I would ask mm -hmm. it on his behalf. So my son's name is Linus. Mm -hmm. He's nine years old. And his question is when you were writing your, the song, whoop, there it is. Why did you use the word whoop? Why didn't you use a word like aha or see there it is? 
Because back then, Whoop There It Is was a party saying in the clubs, and it really had no meaning. It was just a feel-good term that when the party was rocking, everybody just started going, Whoop There It Is, for some reason. And I never thought anything of it. To me, it was just a song, right? And once it becomes a song and once it blows up, now everybody's asking, what does Whoop mean? And I'm like, anything positive. Right. So if you hear the hole in one, whoop, there it is. If, you, if your wife had a baby, the baby comes out, whoop, there it is. It could be anything, anything positive. That's the definition that we stuck on when we did interviews and still holds true to this day. It, it's when you hear that term, whoop, there it is. It goes back to nostalgia. It goes back to our childhood. It goes back to when we were young people. It goes back to a certain time in life where things were very, very, very good. The 90s. In the 90s, we didn't have a care in the world, right? It was, I mean, it was it was actually like a great decade. And if we're now that we're in the 2020s, you look back on those times and you're like, man, it was just so simple back then. It wasn't a lot of drama going around. And even though it was, there's always drama and there's always conflict and there's always things that go on in the world. It just seems like during the 90s, I guess because we were young, we were invincible to all of it. And now in this 2023, where things are in turmoil, you look back upon those times and you appreciate them. Now, that's a hard answer for a nine-year-old. Well, <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I, told, I told him, aha, there it is, just didn't rhyme as well. Or didn't sound, yeah. sound, sound that, cool yeah, on yeah, the radio. Yeah, yeah. But then here's the thing. As an SEO and a digital marketer, there are a lot of terms that people look for when they're typing in whoop, there it is. So it's whoop, W-H-O-O-M-P. There's whoop, W-O-O-P. Whoop, W-H-O-O-P. Womp, W-O-M-P. Oops scoops, whoops. So there is aha. People do search aha or hoops. Anything that rhymes with oop, people are going to naturally, if they don't know the song too well, they might just use it because the old folks be like, oops, there it is. That's how they say it, right? It never fails. So all those terms, I get to put them in the code and now I get all the traffic for tag team for all those terms because I know SEO. See how one thing leads to another? And when you become masterful at all these things, they help each other in ways that you could have never imagined, right? So that's why, you know, I just vowed that I'd never let life pass me by. And I'm going to learn everything I can learn as fast as I can learn it just to keep up. And that's the thrill of life for me. It's a it's a good SEO tip that, that a lot of people don't appreciate that if you have a, like your company name or something like that to figure out a couple, three different versions of spellings of it, that if it's a common misspelling, then people still find you. Because it, it, the thing is, so here's the beauty of what I did. This I, I had, It took me a long time to learn this. It took me a long time to learn that SEO and digital marketing. But the first thing I had to do is dis- disambiguate, which means separate from tag team wrestling. Yep. Tag team Sally and Judy, the real estate duo. Tag team Pokemon, right? Yep. So to do that, I had to learn SEO. And seven years ago, you would type in tag team, it was all wrestling. You type in tag team today, it's all me, right? Because I achieved that goal. And now I am the leader for that term, right? Tag team. So now what Google has to do is put tag team group, tag team music, or tag team wrestling. Then it gets disambiguated more. But as far as the term tag team, when somebody types that in, they're going to see Wikipedia first, or me second, or me first, or Wikipedia second. Nice. It's funny that you mentioned mentioned wrestling because there's a pro wrestler named Sting, who actually owns owns the trademark for the the word Sting. That the singer Sting has to pay the guy a royalty to use the name. Yeah, people do that. That's why we can't use Whoop. There it is. Ex- yeah, exactly. Well, the record company. Owns. 
I want to give uh, whoop, there it is, it's the credit where credit's due, because I pulled your IMDb and it is extensive, wildly extensive. And I, always, I, I, I'm like you, I remember I'm a child in the 90s. I remember it. Okay, yeah, it's a fun song. It's a club song. It's great. And it has been used in, uh, by my count, 30, it's got 35 different accreditations. So yep. Adam's Family Values. Mm-hmm. 93 in living color which was a great tv show yeah that was awesome uh d2 the mighty ducks speaking of yep. and hockey ecw speaking of wrestling celtic pride which was not a good movie but the not for lack of a good soundtrack it's an elf i don't even know where it is an elf but now i'm gonna this christmas hey, you where? Remember the part where it's like you gotta go down and get buddy He's in the mail because he's like, I'm gonna put him in the mail room. And then he's gonna he's gonna oh, just yeah, stay yeah. in the mail room. And then he turns the mail room because he's dancing on the table to yeah. elf, being to whoop. There it is. Yeah, that's the biggest one right there. Okay. That's the one that made me realize it is not about nobody's gonna give you nothing. Nobody's going to uh, nobody owes you anything, and don't nobody care. It's up to me to go get my money. See, most artists think that people are supposed to do stuff for them, so they sit back and they wait. And I just vowed I'm not going to do that. I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to learn how to be my own publicist, my own booking agent, my own everything. So I can go get my money. It's nobody's responsibility but me because I'm the one that signed the contract when I was young and didn't really know. Right? So I've taken, as a man, I've taken full responsibility of my mistakes, but I've corrected those mistakes. And I have kept moving forward for 30 years. And that's why I'm still here. I haven't even gotten to the good stuff. We're up to 2003. Yeah. Then, then uh, Saved, which is a really funny movie. Mm-hmm. Mr. 3000, which is a great yep. Ernie Mac movie. Yep. Shark Tale, My Name is Earl, Fanboys. You don't have bad movies on the list. All these movies are really good and really funny. Mm-hmm. I Love You, Man, Community, Killers, Being Erica, Rio, The Guild, South Park. You were on South Park. A couple times. What to expect when you're, you're you're expecting? Pitch Perfect. It's in Fortnite. Boo to a Medea Halloween. Set it up. Abominable. Perfect Harmony. The Geico commercial, which I want to talk about. You've been in The Simpsons. White Men Can't Jump. The the remake and Transformers. That is a career in and of itself, and that's just one song. So now I can tell a story. By adding up all those box office receipts, the tag team is responsible or has been a part of a certain amount of billions of dollars worth of movie receipts. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's so many narratives that I can play on that are all actual and true, right? So one of the things I do with SEO is I can go and take IMDB's schema code and plot myself in there. Like with Elf, I could, I could, I could keep James Caan. I could keep Will Ferrell. I could keep, uh, what's his name? Uh... Dave Favreau and put myself in as the songwriter or a song a soundtrack. And now when Google crawls, I'm associated with those three entities. And then now they'll show up in my knowledge panel. See, it's a, that's another relevance play that when people see it, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Like when you saw all those credits, it was kind of a shock, right? And that's what you want. So I haven't even turned, I haven't even put all this together, but because of AI and because of SEO, I am basically the AI robot because I come up with so many solutions and so many answers to problems and so many innovative new tactics because my mind now, my, like my mind and my life works like a prompt now. I know how to break things down just like a computer does because I reverse engineered AI. 
to understand it even better. And that's the beautiful byproduct of it, is that in the real world, I can get a, be in a situation and now I have a process in my brain already that could say, okay, line by line, what do we got to do to solve this problem? And it is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. It, it, I'm so happy in life right now because I can figure things out. But there's only one me. If I had 10 of me, I'd be a billionaire right now. But there's only one of me and you have to crawl before you walk. And that's okay. There's not that's enough time what, in the day what, to get all the things done you want to get done. Yeah, but then that's what gets me up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? That's what keeps me busy, right? This is what our third attempt to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's not because, you know, it's because things happen that I have to take care of that I have to take care of. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, but I told you it'd be worth it. And Absolutely. yeah, yeah, so we're, we're, good. we're good. One of the things that I appreciate so much as I get older, and I think is a really good measure of a person and especially a measure of a man is somebody who has the humility enough to make fun of himself, fun of themselves. Oh yeah. So uh, talk about the Geico commercial because that that's hilarious. And that's a hilarious send up of your song. Mm -hmm. how, how did that come about? Well, did they come to you or? So that, that's a, that's an SEO story. Really? Right. Because, oh yeah. So 2011, I'm DJing in the club. I'm in the club DJ for four years. I'm in the club and security comes like, hey, there's a lady on the phone. Want to talk to you. And I was like, man, take a message. What's wrong with you? Like, no, nah, man, she will not get off the phone. I said, which one of these women I done messed over? <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But it was like, let me go. I went to her. She's like, I got to talk to you. I'm from the New York Times. I was like, please call me in the morning. Yeah. It was reported from the New York Times. She said, DC, have you looked at the Gawker article? Back then, Gawker was a blog that was like the first internet trollers. Yep. And it wrote provocative articles. And it was an article about Barack Obama was in tag teams video. So they were, back then, they were trying to find anything bad about him. So they tied right. that to him because one frame from a group named Duke, guy that was in our video who's in a group named Duke, who had a record called Daisy Deuce and looks just like a young Barack Obama. So we did all this media. We did all these relevance plays. CNN, Jeannie Most did an expose. You remember Jeannie Most ex exposés? They were always fun. Yep. And she did one of us. We did Stephen, Stephen Colbert did a parody of us, John Stewart, all the big boys. And after two weeks, I was very pissed off because I didn't have a dime in my pocket. And I vowed that'll never happen again. Because we didn't have any web presence, right? We didn't yep. it, it was like if we had had the apparatus I had today back then, one opportunity would have turned into 30, right? Fast forward, September 2020, I get a call from my agent, Lena Ramirez, who works for the People Store Agency. DC, you just booked a Geico commercial. <laughs> like, Lena, why are you calling me in the middle of a pandemic, playing on the phone? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. Because I'm an actor. Yeah. We audition and then we get the job and we get picked. She's like, no, DC tag team. I was like, oh. When check the tag team phone, there it was message from Ali said, DC, we need you guys in the Geico commercial. It's going to be called Soup There It Is. Like, Soup There It Is. All right. And she, they, they did not wait for me to call them back. They went. And because of SEO, I feel like all my profiles over the internet, I made myself, I gave myself the ability to be found. And then she finds my agent's information on IMDB. And now she calls my agent. I don't have to get lawyers. I get on with the CEO of my agency. She's like, Tell me the whole story. And she said, tell them this is what we want. And they were like, okay. And it's the single most lucrative deal I've ever made in my life. And it's still the gift that keeps on giving to this day. And because, you know, I'm an actor, I prepared for that. Because, you know, when they said soup, there it is. I'm like, okay, let me start looking, find this 
Seinfeld episode about the super Nazi, so I can yeah. get some ideas, right? But then it was like, they called me, like, we're going to make it about ice cream. Scoop, there it is. And I was like, oh, man, that's beautiful, because our father used to make us ice cream. We had an ice cream churn, right? And he's like, get it ready. So we put the ice in, and you can appreciate this more than anybody. With ice, to make it colder, you put rock salt in, or to make it melt. Because it does make it colder, and it makes it melt, right? Yep. And he put the eggs, butter, and the sugar the vanilla, and then we would churn. We only did this like a couple times. He got electric one, but I remember that crank because my arm would get tired. And then <laughs> after 20 minutes, you have two kids with big spoons with ice cream all over their face. And I wanted to bring that essence to the commercial. And because I'm an actor, I said, I'm going to come up with five things that make this commercial incredible, that, that, that puts my imprint on it. One was the spinning scoop. So the production meeting the night before, I was like, mind if I throw a couple ideas at you? It was like, anything you want to do, DC, anything. I said, well, I tried to fabricate a spinning scoop, but I couldn't quite do it. He's like, it'll be done tomorrow. It's like, whoa. Like, well, I also know kids love sprinkles. So I don't know why I just want to do sprinkles. He's like, we'll have a truckload of sprinkles because I'm going to do this Bron James chalk sprinkle. I want to do the uh-huh. soft based sprinkle, right? Like all those things where people would throw stuff in the air. That's what we did. We had a couple of dances. I went on and on. The next day, we shot the commercial. You could have shot five Geico commercials with all the footage we shot because the energy was so incredible that day. In the middle of a pandemic, with the producers, the directors on online, the director wasn't even there. And then you had all of the higher-ups, the executives on a big, giant screen watching. It was simulcast, basically. And they all, like, every, after every take, like, anybody need anything else? Anybody's think you need? So everybody's input was put in. They were like, do a version where we do this. And then I'll say, you know what? It might be good if we did this. So it was a full collaboration. And then it was over. And then two weeks later, I get this thing. Here's the Geico commercial. And I looked at it 40 times, and I could not find fault. And they dropped it Christmas at midnight. Worldwide YouTube campaign. So if you type in YouTube, the first thing you see is tag team. And I could tell you that Monday when it dropped, it did not stop playing for a year on every sports cast, on every, like I, I have the list of all the places that it was played. And at the end of it, we are the biggest Geico commercial in history. That's amazing. And I'm like, are you serious? That's what they're telling me. And I'm like, are you serious? Bigger than Caveman? It's like, oh yeah. Bigger than Hump Day? They're like, oh yeah, really bigger than Hump Day. And it's not about, it's, it's, it's about, it's the most money they've spent on a commercial because it was that good. And the amount of plays and, and, and views and and I guarantee it, it is like. But the problem is that we're in a pandemic. We can't go do shows. Usually that'd be something where we would not stop touring forever. And it ended up being that way. But because I said I'm not going to let this fly, I got to do something. Let me find a publicist so I can blow this commercial up and blow my acting up and blow my voiceover up because I do do. I'm very very good at voiceover. This week on NBC, you know that's that's me. I'm that voice. And I'm telling you, I joined. They were like, we can't, we don't really know how to do a commercial. And it's a pandemic. And they gave me every reason why they shouldn't instead of one reason why they should. But I appreciate that because it's like, we don't want to take your money because we we don't feel, you know, I could just take your money. But no. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be my own damn publicist. And when that happens, when people tell me, no, I joined organizations, society or associations. And I joined the Public Relations Society of America, PRSA. And what I did, once I joined, there was a Zoom cast. You know, in organizations, they'll have speakers or whatnot, people who've been doing it in their field and everything. And there was this lady, she was a 40-year veteran publicist. And I said, hey, I raised my hand and said, are press releases still relevant? She was like, well, what's it for? And I was like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And I'm looking at the chat. And now the chat just blows up. That's it. What is he doing here? 
<laughs> my, dad, my mom loves that commercial. My daddy loves that commercial. My cat loves that commercial. My kids love that commercial. Blew up the entire chat. Now the whole emphasis is about me. And that's where I shine. Because I haven't said I'm this. I'm saying I let people figure it out. Now I've got their attention. I know that press release is going to work, but I look for validation and things. That's why I join organizations. I want to know that I'm headed in the right track. A lot of times they're like, you don't even need us, but I want to learn what you know, right? And that's why I get to speak all over the country. But I said, our press release is still relevant. She was like, of course that press release is going to be relevant because the whole last year has been COVID. Every story's COVID. Every story's been political. And here you guys come spinning, you know, spinning uh, scoops and throwing sprinkles and DC, your smile. You said, you're going to go here for all the publicists. Here for all the TV talk shows, here for all the radio shows, here for all the podcasts. And this, she gave me the entire breadth of her professional career in 10 minutes. And it has changed my life forever. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then I a week later. Now, so I dropped it on a Tuesday. No, I dropped it on a Wednesday. I get a call on Thursday, Super Bowl week. Dan Patrick said, hey, we want you on the Dan Patrick show. What? Yeah. Okay, can we do it next week? They said, this is Super Bowl weekend in D.C. We need you tomorrow, Friday. So we get to Zoom Friday, and after two days, I am on a nationally syndicated television show with Dan Patrick, one of the goats in sportscasting, talking about Tom Brady and strip club. Two weeks later, we're on Tamron Hall show. And every time we get hired, I ask people, what made you hire us? Because I want to know if it's the website, if it's this, if it's that. Said the press release. Both of them said the press release. And Tamron's Hall, Tamron Hall's son loves you. I said, really? So we do the Tamron Hall show now. Every mother, every people who watch TV in the daytime, everybody knows who we are. And Tamron Hall wove this beautiful soliloquy of rise and fall, rise and fall, rise again. Because I used to didn't like that. Like we fell, we we've been here, we've been doing it. Y'all just didn't know. But the people who we do shows for know. But she did it so good that that narrative can play when somebody of her stature says it. And then I've been running with that forever because in my bio, people love those redemption stories because people go through things and they want to know, how do I get out of this rut? How did you How did you do it all? How did you go through a 20-year legal battle? How did you just rise from the ashes? And that's where the narratives come in and that's where the good stuff is because that's where all my solutions and all my hustle and everything that I am, I can share with the world. I do a podcast a day. I do. I don't care if it's the smallest to the biggest. Everybody's everybody's important. Everybody is relevant. And if I can help change the people's minds and let them know that as long as you're breathing, there is nothing on this earth you can't do. But when you find out how to do it, now it's time to see what you're made of because you got to put in the work. And I love that because I want it to be hard because I know nobody else is going to do it. And I'll be there by myself. And I'll be there with very few people. And those people will recognize my contribution. And then we all become one big happy family of people who teach the world how to be better and get the things that they want out of life. And that's my mission, period. Today's episode of Dial It In is brought to you by BusyWeb, your partner in driving growth for business service and manufacturing businesses online. Are you a business service or manufacturing business eager to expand your online presence, generate leads, and boost revenue? BusyWeb has what you need. At BusyWeb, we specialize in helping businesses like yours with CRM, marketing, advertising, and website solutions. As experts in HubSpot, Google, social media, and email, 
We offer full-service digital marketing tailored to your unique needs. Our mission is to drive leads to your business and empower you to convert those leads effectively through smart follow-up strategies. Visit our website at busyweb.com. That's B-I-Z-Z-Y-W-E-B.com. Or give us a call at 612-424-9990 to start a conversation. As a special offer for our Dial It In listeners, we're offering a free download of our newest ebook, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About HubSpot. With this free download, we'll share with you how to grow your business with an all-in-one sales, marketing, website, customer service, and CRM powerhouse. Explore the power of HubSpot to decide if it's right for your growth plans. This offer is exclusively for Dial It In listeners. Don't miss out. Visit busyweb.com pod for more. It strikes me that you're such a curious fellow. Just And I think curiosity is one of those things that's so underrated today that people don't want to learn. They want to be confident in their own worldview. They want to be confident in what they think. But there, there are people like you who are constantly learning, constantly getting better and constantly evolving that are actually changing the world. Yeah, because I've watched too many people in my life die because they let life pass them by, right? And you know, my father lived a full life. He did his thing. But I wish he had learned how to use a computer. Because if he had learned how to use a computer, he would have known how to use his iPhone to find medical things back when it could have been prevented to help him stay healthy. Because he never drank, he never smoked. He could have lived till 90. But 82 was still good. You see what I'm saying? So his death was a celebration for me. And it was right before the pandemic. And I'm so grateful because I would have hated him to see see him go through through COVID. Because we were had we had in home care, so it would be a nurse in the morning and a nurse at night. And you gonna tell them where they what they're doing or what they were doing, right? So it worked. It, it, you know, that's one of them things of being blessed that my father's death was a celebration in the full sense of celebration. There was no sadness because nothing was left unsaid. He taught me everything he could teach me. He did an incredible job of raising me because I stand here today before you, you know, inspiring other people. That comes from him right? Comes from my mother. So all this hustle comes from them making us do chores and giving us ultimatums. Either you do this so you can go play with your friends or you cannot do it and not go play with your friends. What you want to do? What did because you in life, there are consequences to your act- action. There are repercussions to what you do. So you better think carefully about what you do. And for me, I, as a grown man, because of that, I have never not known what did your dad do for a living? My dad was a PhD, Dr. Cecil Glenn. He was the dean of ethnic studies for the University of Colorado. And he created in the 60s, no, 70s, the curric, the first curriculum for the state of Colorado for ethnic studies. And it was adopted in all the colleges, all the junior colleges, all the schools. Wow. And as an educator, he knew all the loopholes in the financial aid uh, situation. So when kids would get rejected, he would always camp out by the, you know, he would eat his lunch or whatever by the uh, financial aid office. Or he had people in financial aid, you got any kids that can't get it? Or they're saying that they can't get it, send them over here. And he would figure out a way to get them financial aid. And at his funeral, so many lawyers, doctors, business owners yeah. came and just told me story after story of how my father took the time to help them get financial aid so they could be who they wanted to be in their lives. So my mission is clear. I am on a journey to help people learn how to learn. It's not enough just to learn. You got to learn how to learn. And that's where people are, where the sticky part is, right? 
Yeah. Example. People say, go, 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 go look at a chorus. Okay, cool. What if, the, what if the dude talks real slow? What if it's a foreigner that does it? Right. Well, what I do is first thing I do when I get a course, I take all those segments and I put make it one file because after stop, push, play, go to the next one, stop, go to the next one. You get tired of that and you'll quit. I make it one. And to me, it's elevator music. But I also play it at five times speed. I'm Alvin and chipmunking that thing. Five. <laughs> I'm serious because yeah. you're never going to memorize all of it. People, you can't listen to a course one time, regular speed, say, OK, I know all everything in that course. So why not do it five times speed? So if it's a five-hour course, it only takes an hour to get through. If I'm working 12 hours a day, I can go through it over and over and over again, and then things start dropping into my brain. Okay. Things start connecting. Things I start picking up things. And if it's something really difficult, it might take me 40 times to look over it. Just go over and 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 over, right? And that's learning how to learn. You have to come up with tactics that help you learn things faster. Another tactic I have, Joining organizations. I'm a part of 30 different organizations because when I want to learn something or if I have an idea to parlay one thing against the other, well, now I can join an organization because organizations are filled with people who've been expert at their profession for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and can't wait to run their mouth about why they love their organization because they're passionate about what they do. And they've got the years of expertise so they can tell you what to do and you can now know what not to do. They've got the resources. They've got the literature. They've got the courses. They've got everything. They've got the mentors and they've got people who have businesses where all you got to do is call each business and just talk to them. And what, they, what happens is you call this business you say, I'll think about using your services. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And then they just go. But what they don't realize is while they're pitching you, they're teaching you. I did. I've been doing that all my life. Yeah. Right. So learn how to learn. And that's what I do. And that's why I can learn so many things. And, my father, you know, everybody will say, man, you can't do everything. Jack of all trades, master of none. I say, yeah, that's true. But when you don't give up, keep playing offense, keep playing seeds, you become masterful at all those trades. Then they all come back and combine as one. Yeah. And they serve you in ways that you could have never imagined, right? Like, I had a similar experience. I had a bad experience yesterday when an insurance company was just terrible to me. And I spent all afternoon grump, being a grump about it. And then I finally had this idea that I, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up the next day. I'm going to try and do something nice for somebody else just because mm-hmm. I can. Just because the, the world needs evening out. And, uh, yeah. you know. We'll, we'll see how it all works out. But I, I feel better about myself just by, by saying yeah. I'm choosing not to do that. I'm choosing. I, everybody I, has a choice. Yeah. Like I thrive in the bizarro world. I thrive in the upside down because, and I challenge everywhere I speak, I challenge everybody this because everybody will go off on tangents. And then you got the whole crowd going off a tangent. And then I just stop and I say, you know what? All what you're saying might be true or whatever, but I challenge everybody in here, spend your energy on finding the positive in the negative because that is where those nuggets are. Like if it was me talking to the insurance agency and they were pissed, they were, you know, pissing me off, I'd be like, hey, I appreciate everything you're doing for me. And I thank you for helping me. You know, you kill them with kindness. And then I'd be like, would it be possible for me to speak to your supervisor? And they got to put you through to the supervisor. And every time, because you, because it's, it's about personalities when it comes to stuff like that. So you, if it, in this insurance thing, you probably talked about three or four different people, right? It's not Geico, by the way. To be clear, it's not Geico that treated me poorly. So, hey man, I don't have good, Geico insurance, good, so you ain't got to Geico. <laughs> right. Yeah. But was it the first time you talked to this insurance company or was it like the third or fourth? Third or fourth. 
Yeah. Yeah. So every time it was somebody different talking to you, right? Yeah. No, it was the yeah. same. It was, it was the same woman. I had clearly expressed my needs a couple of weeks ago. And then when push came to shove, uh, she was like, Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. So that's when you say, okay, well, I appreciate everything you've done. Yeah. Can you please hook me up with your supervisor? Yep. And she has to do it. Yeah. And now you're with another person that has another personality. Now, you know, now it's up to you to weave that story in that fashion. If they don't, do you have a supervisor? Because I am guarantee you they want to get your thing done. But, you know, but that might not work. But that's one of those ways you can find the positive and the negative. And every time that happens for me, it comes out positive. Because I'm not gonna let you get the best of me. It's a choice. I could either be, I could either get ignorant with you. I could quit, but I'm not about to do that. We about to resolve this. I mean, and 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 that's how you know. And then it helps that you know my little girlfriend's. Uh, she works for State Farm, so it's like I'll call her. And be like, what do I got to do to deal with this situation, right? I've already done my homework before I even go in. So I mean, that's but that's me as far as preparation, right? Like I prepare for everything, but. You know, you do get blindsided. And that's my whole mission in life as well, is not to get blindsided. And preparation prepares you for that. And that is why I can withstand pretty much anything. It'll beat me up in the moment, but you just don't react to it. I mean, when you'll find that when you don't react to things and you let things simmer down, you put it in your pocket, and it turns into positive energy. Because you said, I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to help somebody. I'm not going I'm not gonna fall for what they gave, right? So, I mean, we go on about that for a long time because I just have a thousand tactics that help me deal with stuff like that. Because that's how people put, people are in the business of pushing each other's buttons. So when I see clickbait, I just get mad because I don't get mad, but I look at it and I say, you know what? They didn't even have to do that. They didn't even have to do this. They Like, they don't, but then it works. Because most people aren't, most people don't have, I'm not, see, you can't say educated or you can't say, I say most people don't have the common sense that I have, right? I have common sense. That is true. I, I have a cousin who um, graduated high school and, and I, I have college degree. I have advanced college degree. My cousin, who's in his uh, 70s now, he uh, only had a high school degree and he worked, a, he worked a blast furnace job. He had Homer Simpson's job. So he went in at at 10 o'clock at night, he turned on the furnace and he sat at a control panel, making sure that it worked, but he had nothing to do as long as everything was working till six in the morning. So he read all the time. He lost his two front teeth in a bar fight, but he could quote Shakespeare. Yeah. So education is not something that comes with a degree. Education comes with curiosity and and effort, I think. Yeah. Hey, man, you got to want it. Yeah. We are uh, we are coming up on time. The one last question that I wanted to ask you, because mm-hmm. you've been on my playlists for thirty years. What do you listen to? What what gets you? I don't I don't listen to music no more. I've been a DJ all my life, so yeah, it's it's work. If I do like, listen to music, it's gospel. If I do listen to music, it's going to be something from the nineties or, or just some of my favorite songs. But I don't really listen to music because I'm always studying, right? I don't. My music is a course in the background, right? There's always a course going when I'm working and when I'm flying, there's always a course going. And when I'm relaxing, you know, I don't really, I, I can go through YouTube and get my news the way I need to get my news. Cause I know who to trust when it comes to news. Right. Yeah. Like I trust, I trust PBS in certain things. I trust CNN in certain things. I might look at Fox for something. I might look at, you know, certain blogs for something, but I'm not really a news dude, but I do stay up on things and I know what to look for. And I can, 
I, you know, I can tell right off the bat when people are trying to tell the news in a narrative, and I just click off because I have common sense. Like, just tell me the news. You know, I, I wanted to be a broadcaster. My goal in college was to take Dan Rather's job. So there are certain people who come from those trees that I trust. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. And I know that they're going to try to do their best job that they can do to tell the news. And that's who I listen to. But I don't listen to them every day. I just do it in pieces. But YouTube, I know how to sift through all that because I know SEO. So I know who's doing clickbait. I know who's actually trying to provide value. And that is where I'm headed, is I'm about to create courses just to help people solve everyday solutions in practical ways. And the key to lot, you know, the key to anything, you know, SEO basically is getting in front, to me, is getting in front of the people who can pay you for your services, for your products, for your, the things that will help them improve their lives, right? So that's my mission, you know what I mean? Like, I come up with these things that help people get money. And if I come up with a course that can show you how to do it in practical ways, I can make money, right? And then that's, and that's how all, that's how Tony Robbins and all those cats do it. Like, I finally figured out how they do that. And it's just about providing practical solutions for people. Now, some, you know, they rah-rah and they hoop-hoop and all that stuff. But I know you could t- you could tell with our conversation today that I will be successful at doing that. They don't look like you do. Yeah. <laughs> DC, thank you so much for giving me all the time. We like to end our podcast by giving people a naked, shameless plug. What uh, if people want to find you? How do they find you? I can be found. I'm not hard to find. Yeah, I can you are. Type in tag team. Type in whoop. There it is, and you will find a direct link to me. 